into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. I know what you're thinking. Did he fire six shots or only five? Well, to tell you the truth in all this excitement, I kind of lost track myself. But being this is a 44 Magnum, the most powerful handgun in the world, and would blow your head clean off, you've got to ask yourself one question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, Bunk? Rich, we have come back for an uh, episode of the Mitch and Rich Show in the new year, 2018. Has it been a good year for you so far? Well, it's it's been short. Um, <laughs> I mean, technically, our hiatus has been longer than this year has been so far. That's true. <laughs> our hiatus has been a little long. And you know what? It's, it's going to happen from time to time. We both have lives. Uh you're working on a career and school, so you know you have you have things taking up your time. I got my job. I have, uh, you know, other my other interests that I have going. So it's not easy to to make schedules work. But when we can, I think we put on a good show. So I'm glad that we're here in 2018 to uh, talk about what we need to talk about. I completely agree. I mean, I'm I'm just glad to be back. It's always a great time to to chat it up with you and uh, see what your opinion's going to be on things or what crazy antics and topics we might come across. You just never know. You never know what's going to happen on this show. Exactly. That's one of the things that I absolutely love about it. <laughs> so, uh, one of the things that happened, you know, while we were go- while we were on hiatus, is uh, obviously the new year and. Uh, we're i don't know would you say we're in the peak of oscar season or are we uh on the tail end of oscar season um i would on a, I, I wouldn't say we're at the i would say we're directly in between those two events <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's what uh that's what i would say okay well, where's the cutoff though like do they have to get it out before the end of the year before, so that it can be considered for the Oscars for 2017? I believe technically, I want to say yes. Um, but then I was thinking of, uh, what was that, American Sniper? And I think that came out in January. But then it made it into the Oscars. For that year. For that year. So I'm not entirely sure, but it does It does seem like um, November... Like the tail end of October, November, and December are kind of really the hot, you know, months to where all of the studios kind of release their Oscar contenders or what they're at least hoping to campaign into being an Oscar contender. Right. And every once in a while, you'll get a weird oddball that came out in like February or March that like still sneaks in. Um, But for the most part, it does tend to be those those you know two months and a couple of weeks that uh really kind of define the entire bubble of what we will come to see most likely nominated in the uh, academy awards yeah you know and and i feel like the studios they like to they'll they'll release it for like press uh viewings back in october or november even though it's not going to come out to a wide audience till maybe after after january so that's how they get it in there, because that's like that's what's happening with the post. The post has made all these uh, nominations, but it only just came out last weekend, I believe. Yeah. So I think, um, and and this is just vaguely from what I kind of recall when I was reading about uh, what was going on with like Beast of No Nation and and things like that when they were trying to get into the Academy Awards. So I think as long as it screens for two weeks in a specific theater in California and maybe also New York, uh, it can be in the running. Oh, wow. Uh, Because that was one of the biggest reasons that I think uh, Birth of a Nation didn't get in was because Netflix was like, we're not putting our film in any single theater, whereas like Amazon with Manchester by the Sea actually did that. They were like, okay, we're going to do a theatric release but we're going to specifically target these two things. So I think as long as they play it for like two weeks, even if it's in limited release, as long as it's in those specific theaters, uh, maybe that's a way that they're kind of bypassing what would normally seem like the period for entry. 
Yeah, I mean, I get. It, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of rules that we don't know or understand, but yeah, it's, that's what it seems like. Um, yeah, and I mean, the rules could be out there somewhere. I, I, I've, I've honestly never. I know that I kind of started looking into them when, when like that whole thing started happening with like the Netflix originals and Amazon and all these other people that kind of weren't really traditionally releasing films, but then all of a sudden, you know, they were trying to get in on the game and, and trying to get, of course you want Oscar buzz or even wins or nominations because it's stuff that you can use to market your film and hopefully increase the amount of money that you can see on the return side of it. Um, so I, I did, re- you know, look into it a little bit for that, but I've never like really sat down and just been like, okay, what's the nitty gritty of getting into the Oscars? <laughs> maybe I should. Maybe I should do that. Maybe you should. Maybe you should. Uh, yeah. So, but speaking of the Oscars, the we already had one award show happen, and that happened uh, earlier this week on Sunday. It was the Golden Globes. Did you happen yeah. to catch it? I um I caught bits and pieces of it. Um, I uh, was streaming on Twitch at the time that it started, so I was already fulfilling a different obligation that I had. So I didn't I didn't watch them in in their entirety, um, but I definitely caught a lot of fragments um, of the show. I definitely caught like the last third of the show. And then uh, I went back and kind of read up on like the winners and things like that. So, so I have a pretty good idea of what went down. And there were certainly some uh, interesting events that happened with uh, James Franco and Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> Tommy Wiseau, uh, which was pretty, pretty interesting. Well, okay, let's talk about some of the winners then. So you did, you got to see the last third. We'll start around there. We'll start, we'll start at the end. Work backwards. Best motion picture drama went to Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Did you get a chance to watch this? So I, I'm just going to preface everything from from here forward, um, mostly because this kind of dawned on me. So usually a, a lot of us, you, me, and a lot of other people that are into film and into talking about film uh, will do a our favorite or our top movies of 2017 or the end of the year or whatever. And um, I put a poll out on Twitter as to whether I should do like my top three, top five, top 10. And then it was like a dead tie for top five and top 10. So I was like, well, that's convenient because my top five will also be in my top 10. So I'll just do a top 10. (laughs) (laughs) But then I started thinking about it and I was like, wow, like there's just, I guess there really wasn't a lot of movies that came out this year. And then I was like, nope, that's not what happened. Uh, (laughs) You were really stupid busy. And you didn't watch nearly as many movies as you should have. Uh, So I am desperately behind on my film watching. Uh, So with that kind of full disclosure out of the way, the other thing I would say is I have not really seen or heard a lot about um, Three Billboards Outside of Ebbing, Missouri. I think I've only seen a trailer for it once and I also think that was the last and only time I heard it talked about prior to the Golden Globes. Uh, Golden Globes. I thought that movie was actually going to be coming out next year. Oh wow! And uh, totally not what happened. So it was part. It was one of the movies that I watched in my uh, epic Your binge. Break? Yeah, my epic win. My epic binge of winter of 2017. I kind of. <laughs> I had a, a week and a half off from work. I, I just kind of made it to the movie theater every every day of the week and, and got to watch a bunch of things. So Three Billboards Outside of Ebbing, Missouri was one of the movies I watched. Uh, I would say I enjoyed it, but then there's also parts of it that, I mean, which could be a good thing. It just made me think a lot, like, of what I felt about these cut, these characters. And, like, I would say there's probably not one – well, that's not true – there's not a lot of redeeming characters in this in this in this movie. Like the the movie, a lot of the people that you're following are kind of jerks. <laughs> so it's interesting the way that you feel for them. Else, otherwise, I felt so. It's it's just like I get it. I guess I get why it got best pick best most motion picture drama. 
But it went up against things like uh, Call Me By Your Name, The Post, Dunkirk, and Shape of Water. And of those other four, I only saw The Shape of Water. Yeah, I uh, ooh, I haven't seen Dunkirk. I haven't seen The Shape of Water yet, uh, which breaks my heart. Um, I didn't see Dunkirk, but I, I kind of made a conscious decision not to do that. It wasn't because of like I didn't have the time or anything like that. I just, I mean, I know I love Christopher Nolan and... I, I've heard I've only heard great things about Dunkirk and that you need to see it in a theater because of the, the great you know uh, sound system and stuff like that because the score and uh, the sound in the movie is just, is just amazing but mm-hmm. I just I, I I already have this thing about war movies in general that I just don't like them so I just didn't find myself wanting to go see that movie. Well, fascinatingly enough, I actually have have heard quite a bit of bad things about that movie in really? terms of its pacing. Oh. Yeah, um, which surprisingly uh, is by a lot of uh, younger budding filmmakers, I would say. Um, but yeah, a lot of people seem to say that it was that it was very boring, that it was just very long winded. Um, just kind of things like that, which I'm I'm not saying that. I haven't seen it. I just want to reiterate that because I, I'm not <laughs> judging this movie without watching it. But um but yeah, I don't know. And and when I look at what Nolan did kind of with Interstellar, I could I could kind of see where people might be making those statements if it feels similar to Interstellar. Because Although I didn't have a problem with it. And it, I mean, that makes sense too, because I mean, Blade Runner, I watched that three times in IMAX and it's like three hours long. So I don't have a problem with a long movie. But I think a, a lot of people nowadays do have a problem with longer films. And so I think maybe that's. Well, really, you know, I, really I, sure. I would say that your general audience has a problem with longer films that don't have a action beat or, or or laugh every so often uh and i i would say i fall right in right in with that crowd too because if it's a long movie that does not keep my interest then i will feel like oh man this is this is really dragging but uh i i would i, I would say i don't know i i, I did like in, interstellar I, I loved that movie i thought it was a, i thought it was a great movie so I, I i don't know how i would feel at dunkirk if i had gone and seen it <laughs> Yeah, I and and you know that's kind of backtracking. That's why I haven't really written that list yet, is because I want to try to get some more of these in here viewed before I sit down and write kind of like my end of the year uh, recap. Which of course I I doubt I'll be able to get to before February. Because, I mean, there's a pretty good, yeah, there's a pretty good amount of of movies, but um, I definitely. I'm waiting till February for the Oscar noms to come out because I I am this year going to watch all the Best Picture noms uh, somehow. I'm definitely going to get that done this year. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, best Motion Picture Animated went to Coco. I didn't see that, but I know you did. So you I have, did. Yeah. You have any say anything you want to say about that? What else was it competing against? Well, it went up against Ferdinand, uh, the Boss Baby, Loving Vincent, and the Breadwinner. Which I th- I've heard of Ferdinand, the Boss Baby, and Loving Vincent, but I had never heard of the Breadwinner. Yeah, I haven't heard of the Breadwinner either. But I mean, it doesn't really sound like it had a lot of strong animated competition either. No, it, it really. Oh no, yeah, yeah. I'm not surprised, especially after you just said what it was up against. I was like, well, definitely a no-brainer that it was Coco. I mean, that movie's fantastic it's a great movie it's a very good story um visually it's wonderful the songs in the movie are wonderful and uh pretty much anybody i think that has a heart is is going to be crying at the end of coco like it's a very heartfelt story and it works very very well the only thing that i will say and this isn't a, a negative on coco per se but when i went to watch it it was before Disney had removed that the frozen uh, god awful frozen uh, episodic television show that was before Coco because it's not even a short film in my opinion. It's literally a full on 
television comedy sitcom length short. Well, yes, that's actually what it is. It's it's uh it's one that you know like if you yeah. watch ABC during the winter time or NBC during Halloween, they have their shows either Universal or uh, Disney that uh you know that is a is a tie into a popular franchise. That's just that's what it's supposed to be. They just happen to sneak it in with Coco for whatever reason they wanted to. I guess they just felt like, hey, Frozen is a big thing. People will come and see it. I don't know. I guess. I don't know. I, I was expecting a short, uh, but I, I certainly was not expecting 20, Frozen. 25 or minutes. almost 30 minutes of Frozen, um, preceded by 15 to 30 minutes of previews, <laughs> and then followed up by a full feature-length film. Because then you start thinking, you're like, okay, well, if it's 30 minutes, is Coco an hour? Nope. It's still a full-on feature film all on its own. So it's just a, it was just a lot, yeah. you know? <laughs> uh, I do know that the producer, I, I assume it was the producer of Coco, got up there and accepted the award and had a really great speech. Uh, so that was, that was a, that was a good, good acceptance speech. Nice. The best motion picture foreign language. And I'll have to say, I, I, I don't know any of these movies and I, you know, foreign language is probably one of the ones that I always miss out on because I just don't pay attention, but it went to in the fade. Don't know what that means. Uh, best motion picture, musical or comedy. The winner was lady bird. Um, that went up against Get Out, I, Tanya, The Disaster Artist, and The Greatest Showman. Now, I saw Get Out, the, the The Disaster Artist, and The Greatest Showman. I don't think I, Tanya has actually come out for general audiences yet. You... Yeah, that's why when I was saw it even in like the categories and stuff, I was like, wait a minute, is that like was that a thing that people could even just go out and watch? But it's not playing anywhere where I'm at. I haven't seen up here, and I, I imagine if that's the case, I doubt very seriously it's played... Uh, where you're at right yeah no so uh now i know we both saw Lady Bird, and i i believe we both have kind of a uh, two different views on that movie well you you really enjoyed it right? i did i did i really enjoyed it i th- I, I go ahead no 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 go 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 ahead no i just wanted to say that i really I, okay when i'm watching tv shows or movies and stuff i i i one of the one of the character uh archetypes that tend to show up a lot is the rebellious teenage girl that hates her mother and has to fight with her all the time and i honestly thought that that's what this movie was going to be going into it and watching the movie seeing sorcerer ronin uh you know play this character that's a lot more developed in uh characters like that are usually written and i felt like uh, plays around with the trope quite a bit uh, i really enjoyed it there were lots of parts that really made me think and uh reflect i guess on how i view certain topics and i i really enjoyed the movie but it sounded like you had a different opinion yeah i mean i i don't know i saw a lot of people that that you know, fell in love with this movie. And I, I didn't, I, I, I don't think it's a bad movie. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I didn't watch it and walk out and be like, Ugh, well, that was something I'm never going to get my time back for I, I never had that kind of reaction to it, but I just remember watching it and being like, okay, like I'm definitely not the target demograph for this film. I'm definitely not, connecting with it 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 really did look to me and i think i made this statement before um it was it kind of felt like it was this year's boyhood Mm. i do believe or do feel rather that boyhood was was still even was was worse like i had a way worse time watching boyhood and i was super frustrated when that movie ended and i was just like okay that was absolutely not for me i didn't enjoy it at all uh, Lady Bird, I will say, I think there's a lot of performances that happen that even though you're not necessarily connecting to the source material, that you can still enjoy and and get something back out of the movie without just feeling like you've gotten ripped off with this experience. Mm-hmm. 
but yeah, I, I didn't love the movie. And, you know, I don't think that that should detract anybody from watching it. But to me, there was, it, it really did feel, because again, referencing boyhood, that's kind of the big thing behind it was they tried to really bring in this whole nostalgia factor for kids that maybe grew up in the, what, late 80s, early 90s or something in that time period i would say because they had like the game boys and all that sort of stuff and they were a lot of pop culture references to kind of that that time period and that's also kind of what ladybird feels like which it makes sense because like if you're trying to have a, a coming of age film setting it in a a time period and then allowing that time period to be another factor of drawing an audience or or a viewer into the movie is a good way to do that because even if your character has these experiences that maybe somebody else can't relate to they can relate to the events of the time period in which your story's unfolding um so i think it's smart to do that i do appreciate like i said i appreciate the acting I do think it's pretty well written. Um, and I think the directing was really great too. Like I, I really did feel that, uh, what is it? Greta Gerwig. Yep. That, uh, directed this. And I think if I'm not mistaken, this is actually her directorial debut. It's her. Yeah. It's so it's her directorial debut as a solo. Basically. I think her last movie, she co-directed with somebody, um, she has written a bunch of movies before that, but yeah, this is her her essentially her directorial debut, standalone outing. Yeah, and and you know, and I think that's fantastic. I mean, what a way to come out of the gate! And uh, I definitely want to see her do more films. I actually, I'm, I'm very am interested in her as a as a director and as a filmmaker. So, and I would love. To, I think that. I was. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, you're good. I just wanted to say it really makes me want to go back and watch some of her other stuff that she'd written because I, I don't think I've ever seen Francis Ha or uh, some of the other stuff. I, I don't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's always kind of like the the other upside to to these types of things, right? Is like because that's I, I think there's a lot of times where we kind of like get lost in what we're doing. We're like, oh. Well, it's just these award shows, and it's like, well, yes, but they also do potentially open the door for people who are not necessarily film fanatics to kind of put a face to a name and then hopefully also be motivated, like what you're saying, to go back and seek the previous work of this other uh, or the previous work of this artist, you know? Yeah. And I think that's a I think that's a great kind of side effect to like award shows and award season and things like that on top of all the other you know things that come into play with it. You know, uh, so also in this category was uh, Get Out, Disaster Artist, and The Greatest Showman. And if we were to to do the what won, what should have won, and what I wanted to win, like what I think should have won, mm-hmm. it would have been. Uh, Greatest Showman was what I would want to win because I thought that movie was fantastic, probably my favorite out of these five movies. And then I really thought before the the Golden Globes had go had gone on, I thought Get Out would have won the the award. Yeah, I I haven't seen The Greatest Showman yet. I I still want to really check that out. I've been hearing a lot of really you know positive feedback about that. Get Out uh, certainly. A very very wonderful film um i was completely caught off guard by that movie it was not at all what i expected it to be when i watched it and i remember watching it and being like wow this is a really great movie and that was another one of those moments where when i watched that movie i was like okay i really want to see uh was it keenan peel was uh jordan peel right jordan peel yes that, that directed it, yeah. So written um, and directed. What's that? Written and directed. Right, right. So, you know, and I think that was kind of the interesting thing going into it because everybody's like, "Oh, it's just going to be this kind of zany, sketchy comedy type thing," and that's not what the movie was at all. But it did really leave me being like, "Okay, I want to see him do more films 
of this nature. Like I want to see him kind of tackle more social commentary based issues in an interesting way. And uh, you know, I think, I think it would have been good as well if it would have won. I, but I, I really don't have any problems with Ladybird winning either. You know, well, I just, and, I just thought it was, it was, it was interesting that uh, Get Out. I mean, came out in I want to say February of 2017, <laughs> and it's been able to hold that much interest throughout the whole year. You know, be uh, a subject of conversation and uh, and award buzz for a whole year. When you you see a lot of movies. That by the time it gets to award season, that people remember being great, but don't remember it come time mm-hmm. for award season. You know what I mean? No, absolutely, and that's that's what I was gonna uh, add on. There was I would have I would be more curious to see how the Golden Globes played out if Get Out had been released in kind of that later year time frame of which we were talking about with like the Oscars and stuff. Yeah, I, I would have liked to have seen if if that would have made a difference or not. Uh, best performance by an actor in a motion picture went to Gary Oldman for Darkest Hour. Did you happen to catch that movie? I haven't seen that yet either. Yeah, neither have I, so can't really speak to it. Best performance by an actor in a motion picture, musical, or comedy went to James Franco as a disaster artist. Uh, what did you think of... Or I mean, so you you talked about it a second ago, but Tommy Wiseau coming up with James Franco to accept, or James Franco was accepting his award. He invited James uh, Tommy Wiseau to up there to be with him. He even invited his little brother Dave Franco and and, and included him in in his uh, acceptance speech uh, for the award. I didn't catch it when it happened, but I guess Tommy when like when he got invited up, he went to go talk on the microphone and I guess James kind of stopped him from talking. Did you, did you catch yeah. that? Well, I didn't, I didn't see it happen live. I, I saw it after everybody was kind of, you know, putting it out on the internet or whatever, where uh, Tommy comes up there and he does ask him to come on stage. He's like, come on up Tommy. And then when he comes up there, he essentially, you know, heads for the microphone and then, uh, you know, James is like, whoa, 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 like, wait a second. The thing, I haven't seen the movie yet, um, mostly because I haven't seen The Room, and I really wanted to watch that before I watched The Disaster Artist. But the whole situation really reminds me of this kind of situational joke that we had going with... Leonardo DiCaprio? Uh Leonardo DiCaprio, yeah, where it was like, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio is never going to win an, an Academy Award until someone but plays one him. One day they're going to make a biopic. The person that betrays him in that biopic will win the Academy Award. Almost what happened with I mean, the disaster artist. Yes, exactly. It is almost what happened. It's Tommy Wiseau was never going to be up for any type of awards, though, for uh, making the room. Right, but I'm just saying, like, how I don't know. I don't know how to feel about that as a person, right? And and, and this is all just kind of like an internal battle with myself. Obviously, people are very different, but I'm just thinking, like, and, and again, I don't know where Tommy Wiseau's mindset was at when he made The Room. Maybe he thought it was going to be the greatest film ever made. Maybe he did it as a, you know, maybe this was the chess move. Maybe he's like, <laughs> I know that I don't have. Uh, the way to really ever do this. So if I play the long game and I do my cards right, I can make this happen this way. Or, you know, maybe it's just one of those things where he wanted to make a, a silly, campy movie. I don't know, but I just feel like it has to be potentially a little disheartening to know that you put potentially blood, sweat, and tears into this movie you release this movie, it instantly or seemingly instantly becomes known as like the worst movie ever made. You know, people are joking about it. You basically become this huge joke. And then because someone else represents you in another film, they get an award for it. It has to feel a little bit bad. Yeah. yeah. You know, it could. Right? Yeah, yeah. I guess I see what you're saying, but like, I think the old adage of any publicity is good publicity kind of comes into it. I mean, yeah, he set out to make this movie because he was... If you believe the story in the book, The Disaster Artist, and the story in the movie, The Disaster Artist, 
you know, they they went out to make this movie because they just weren't getting the roles that they wanted in Hollywood. You know, it seemed like Tommy wasn't getting any roles whatsoever. So he wrote a movie for himself, for him and his friend to star in, and he backed it, which is ballsy and courageous and, uh, you know, more power to you for doing something like that. But, I mean, it came out as a terrible movie. And if that was on purpose or not, that's another story. It's something that, you know, only Tommy knows. But... I think that he is getting the the stardom one from, or, or maybe it's not even stardom. Maybe it's infamy. He's getting the infamy from the room that he might have wanted, and now he's getting even more so by being uh, the subject of the disaster artist. So I I don't f- I right. But do you really like? Do you really think that that's going to? I'm saying it won't, but I'm just saying. Do you really feel like that is going to propel him forward in any way, shape, or form in any sort of of access to Hollywood or continued filmmaking or whatever you want to call it? Well, I mean, they they already making another movie. They already made another movie. It's called Friends. It's it's F. It, but with the R in parentheses, so it's also Fiends, and it's Greg Sestero and Tommy Wiseau in the movie. They they made another one, so it's you know just based off the the fame that they got from that from the from the room, and now the Disaster Artist. They they're they're making a career out of it. Greg Sestero has gone on record saying, you know, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. Uh, you know, <laughs> I I get paid you know so much X amount for for being in this movie now and. Not from the movie, but from the publicity of the movie, and you know it's it's just it is what it is for him and the two of them, and they're using it to their best advantage. I mean, why not? Uh, and and once you finally do watch the Disaster Artist, I know you 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 said you hadn't watched either one yet, and I was lucky enough to catch the room before I went and saw the Disaster Artist because I hadn't seen it either. You see, yeah. you see that James Franco because he's I believe also the director of the movie. Um, he doesn't, uh, he doesn't, he doesn't play up Tommy Wiseau as being a terrible person or, uh, or, you know, a mean guy or anything like that. Or he, he really, he plays him up like a real person in, in the fact that the, this is a person with emotions and, you know, the, the trials and tribulations he actually went through. So, uh, I would say that it, well, yeah. I mean, I don't, I, I've, I don't think he's a horrible person. I don't think he's a bad person or anything like that. I just feel like there does, and, and like I said, maybe he's just light years ahead of the game and a, a master tacticianer. And this was really the long game the entire time was because it's like, well, if we just honestly can't make a movie that anyone's ever going to take serious now then let's make the craziest thing we can make and and hope that something happens and 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 it did and of course we don't know we don't you know obviously know what his intentions were or whatever during that time period but yeah i definitely don't think he's a bad person i'm sure that he very much is you know like you said a, a person that has emotions and feelings and that's why i'm just thinking like yeah you're on stage but you're on stage watching somebody win an award for portraying you in a movie that other people look at and are like, this is the worst movie ever made. I, and like, I, I get that, but I, I just, I'm just saying is that has. Franco doesn't, doesn't play up the movie as mocking him, which I think a lot of people right, are afraid right, of right. that, that, that he, that's what, that's what's being done is that this man is being mocked kind of like the elephant man, you know, he's, he's being mocked for being different and, 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 uh, and looking different and doing something different, but he's actually, I, I, Franco doesn't play it up that way. So I think that's why it's not like he might not see so bad. I have no idea what Tom, what time, how Tommy feel really feels about it. And I wouldn't want to presume to, uh, you know, speak for him, but I would say that I, I guess I wouldn't feel so bad. If it was me. Well, yeah, I, like I said, I just, I just think it's an interesting dynamic more than anything. And I, I, I've never looked at it. I've, I've never felt in watching the trailer like it was just, you know, James and David and Seth Rogen 
sitting around being like, we got to make a movie to bash this guy. <laughs> like, I definitely feel like there is a, a heart and a human element to this in what I've seen in the trailers, which I think is good. I think that is the way to do it because, yes, I think if they had just made a movie where it was just bashing him and belittling him and all that sort of stuff, that's completely inappropriate and, and not at all the right way to go about that. So it's good to hear that that's not what they did. Um, which I, I've never felt that that's where they were going with it from the trailer, but I do think there still has to be at least a small amount of you as a person that's like a little bit burned by the whole thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I know exactly what you and mean. And maybe not. Maybe not. I could be 100% <laughs> wrong, like I said. I mean, this could have been the plan from the beginning i don't know but it's it's a very very interesting uh situation that i don't know if we'll really ever see something like this happen again uh in terms of of movie making in our lifetime no yeah i think i think you're absolutely right uh best performance by an actress in a motion picture drama went to francis mcdormand for uh three billboards outside Ibbing, missouri which we already talked about I just want to say that, you know, her acceptance speech for that was, uh, I thought, pretty epic, too. She looked like, and, and this is one of the things that the Golden Globes is usually known for, is that, you know, it's a, it's kind of a big party. Everybody's drinking while the show is going on. Uh, and it, I don't know, maybe, and maybe I'm out, I'm out of line, but it looked like Frances McDormand might have been drinking a little bit. She even talks about, you know, buying tequila shots for all five women or the four other women that were in the category with her as nominees. Um, and her speech also had to do a lot with, uh, you know, the female empowerment, which was a big theme for the whole night, um, with, the you know, the way Hollywood is now hopefully exercising the terrible people that we've been hearing about in the news, in the industry, out of the industry itself. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't I don't know if if she had been drinking or not. But, uh, you know, one of the things that I always think of is it, and, and kind of going back to even what we were just talking about a minute ago, like that the, the human element that exists. Right. Because we look at these people and we they do exist on a pedestal because they're celebrities. Right. Like whether they want to be on that pedestal or not, we have a way of just inherently placing them there. And I think, you know, it's the same thing because we see people go up there and they're kind of not really sure how to conduct themselves. And you're like, what's going on? Like, this should be like second nature to them because they're actors, but it's like, no, like they're still humans and they're going up to talk and speak in front of thousands of people sitting in the room directly in front of them. And knowing that millions of other people are watching through television and that still has to be daunting. You yes. know what I mean? Like yes. that's that's not the same as performing because when you're performing, there is a bit of you that is not existing in the reality, you know? And and I think that's a I think that's something to always keep in mind whenever we see things like award shows and where people kind of have these really difficult or interesting uh acceptance speeches is that they are still humans. And there is very much still a human element to them. And, and that can certainly have an impact as well. Yeah. Uh, best performance by an actress in a motion picture, musical, or comedy went to Saoirse Ronan for Lady Bird, which we already talked about. Best performance by an actor. In a and she, she should just like have a podcast. Uh, I love her accent. It is so incredible. And like, seriously, I wish she would, you know, get to make more movies where she could just have her natural accent. So you, you watch Brooklyn then? I did. Yeah, I did watch Brooklyn. I I really like Brooklyn, but I just, it's such a, uh, you know, an audio based treat to (laughs) to listen to her talk. That's, that's all I got to say. Yeah. You know, and when I was watching Lady Bird, uh, I just want to say this real quick is that I remember I, the year prior, I think, is when Brooklyn came out that I was mm-hmm. watching that. And I'm like, I can't believe this is the same actress. Like, it, the characters are so different. And and obviously, one being uh, an Irish immigrant in the, what, the 1930s? Something like that? 1940s? And then, there, yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, a, a, night, a 2002 California teenage girl from America. 
you know, just, it was, it was, it was so opposite ends of the spectrum for me that it was, it, I, I, that's part of the reason why I ended up liking Lady Bird so much. I, I also, I too liked Brooklyn a lot. Yeah. I mean, it's very transformative and I, I definitely think that she is a remarkably talented and skilled actor and I'm very, very excited to see where her career goes forward. You know, like I'm very interested to see what she continues to do. Best performance by an actor in a supporting role in a motion picture uh, went to Sam Rockwell for three billboards out of outside heavy Missouri, which I mean, this, this one's come up a lot, obviously. And a lot of people enjoyed this movie. I, it's, it's to me, it was just like, I enjoyed it, but there's is something there's something off about the movie that I just can't put my finger on yet. But I think what the most interesting, uh, I, uh, one of the interesting nominees for this category was Christopher Plummer for all the money in the world, which, mm-hmm. you know, he came in what for nine days to reshoot all nine of, days. yeah, all of, uh, Kevin Spacey's, uh, part, uh, because of the, you know, the allegations that went out against him and, uh, him being excised from the movie that's all there you know whatever you know the story is there but you know to come in that quick and then get nominated for the role that's that's got to be phenomenal right i mean yeah i again i i was completely blown away by that because i remembered i had seen the trailer um, with Kevin Spacey back back before any of 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 the, the allegations yeah. came out, or, yeah, because we or talked about it on the podcast. Happened. We did, yeah, and uh, it was so crazy because I remember sitting there and I, at the time, I didn't I, that was never a thought in my mind. Like, oh, what are they going to do? Um, I, I kind of had forgotten about the movie entirely, and then I saw a trailer for it. And it gets to that moment where he's like, I'm not going to pay a single cent or whatever. And I was like, oh, my gosh, they just totally cut him out of the movie. Yeah. And then I was like, I mean, not a bad decision. Obviously, the right call to make. But I just was sitting there. I was like, well, maybe his part wasn't that big then. Maybe he was only in like two scenes. And then when I read that he was in a good portion of the film and they had to go back and reshoot it all in nine days. I mean, like, not only that, but to be an actor, get a call and say, hey, this is a situation. We need you here. We need you ready to go. We got to do this. You do it. And then, bam, turn around, immediately get nominated. And I mean, absolutely weeks. insane. That's like liter- insane. It's literally weeks before the movie comes out in theaters. Like, right. That, that, right. that is insane. And and I mean, it is it is to mention that, uh, you know, Christopher Plummer was the original actor that the director wanted to play the role. He just wasn't available at the time, and you know when everything happened with Kevin Spacey, that he they, he went right back to him. He's like, "Hey, they, they bail me out," and you know that's what he did. It's, uh, Scott Ridley Scott is the one who directed the movie, so yes, uh, yeah. yeah, he wanted Christopher Plummer, which it's not, I mean, we're not amazed that Christopher Plummer was was nominated. He's a phenomenal actor. Oh yeah, it's no, just it's incredible. That, it's just that the the circumstances around it and you know that that and is... the time period like to ha- okay so this is something that a lot of people probably will not understand unless you're very involved in following the film community as an industry or or directly involved working in as an industry there is not much in the film world that happens fast i mean that's where the whole phrase like you know Sit, like get everything ready and then sit around and wait kind of comes from so like the nine days thing is what blows my mind because there is so much work that has to go into bringing all the crew back hiring all the caterers back you know getting all the locations back shooting all of this recoloring all of this editing this back in um i mean there is a tremendous amount of work that goes into uh any scene yet alone and, and i don't know how much of the movie he's he makes up in terms of like a percentage number but from what i've heard it's a it's a fairly good amount so to not only reshoot it in nine days but to like go through all of the post work again and everything is absolutely crazy to me like it's just it's just unbelievable they were able to accomplish that and still have the movie hit its release date on time. Yes, that that's 
unbelievable. You know, any a, a, a lot of other movies would have probably pushed back the release date. Um, maybe even just went straight to VOD or something. But no, they they hit the release date and got nominee nominations out of it. That's that is it's incredible. So uh, I, I do plan on watching that movie at some point. I just haven't done it yet. Yeah, absolutely. Best performance by an actress in a supporting role in a motion picture went to Allison Janney for I, Tonya, playing uh, Tonya Harding's mother. Uh, once again, movie neither one of us has seen, so we can't really talk to it. Uh, but again, a very weird situation, because you're sitting here watching this, and, and, and this person has been involved right like this isn't an alleged thing like they know she was involved right like she didn't she go to jail for being involved in this oh yeah yeah yes T tanya harding went to you know right. went to trial yeah. was arrested went to trial got convicted went to jail came out you know be, tried to be a real reality tv star for a little while did uh celebrity boxing you know and then now uh, you know there's a movie <laughs> about her life out where margot robbie is playing her but and she was at the Golden Globes, right? Like, didn't wasn't they? Weren't they like, oh, and Tanya? And I, I swear they cut to her sitting in the audience. But maybe I'm, maybe I'm just hallucinating. She might have been, but I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure for sure. I'm yeah, because sure, yeah. I just remember seeing this, and I'm like, wait, what? Like, we're celebrating someone who literally hired or got someone else to bash somebody's knee in? Like, yeah, I, I, it's just. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, that's uh, that's it. I, I I was thinking the exact same thing. I was like, does is that a good thing? I, I don't know. It's it it's incredible. Uh, it looks like she was she was at the Golden Globes. That's yeah. so bizarre to me. Like they were like, oh, and thanks Tanya, and it cuts her, and I'm like, wait, what? <sighs> And I'm like, again, I get it. She's a person, you know, she, she paid did her time in jail. Yeah, she did her, her time. She society. paid her. I get yeah. that. But, but it's, it, it, do, it does seem a little weird to just be like. I mean, is that kind of a spit in the face to uh, to Nancy Kerrigan? Nancy Kerrigan? <laughs> Who had right? her, her whole know. career was ended because of that. Like messing up her knee yeah. finished off her career as a competitive skater. Yeah, she still figure skated, you know, for performances and stuff. Right, and, like, this isn't, like, the t like I mean, I didn't see this and then, like, run over and be, like, hashtag I'm angry at Golden Globes. Like, I mean, I'm not, like, mad about it, but I'm just, it's fascinating to me. Because, you know, again, like, we do, you know, I have to stop and backtrack, and I'm like, okay, well, wait, should I really be upset about this? Or is this, like, just the conditioning I have to be internet upset about things? <laughs> I'm it, like, I, I'm I, not really upset that she was there, but, like, it just felt... A little weird. I, 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 yes, you're right. There, it, outrage is something that comes easy to the internet age. You know, uh, like nobody's business. You, you can get outraged about just about anything, and you have a, you have a forum to go and speak out about your outrage. And I think I will say this. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say I think that the two of us and many, many other people, but the two of us, because I speak for the two of us, apparently. Uh, we more contemplate things. We, we mull things over. And that's in the two, I think you were probably in, probably in the same mindset as me is that uh, not so much of you should go over and hashtag it, but are, am, am, is this okay? Is the kind of thing is, is, are we, is, are we allowed to be happy for Tanya Harding at this moment that did a terrible, terrible thing, or at least had a hand right. in a terrible thing. But then again, maybe right. we need to watch the movie because, I, the only thing I've seen in, is that that the trailer that came out, and there's that one part where she's using the shotgun to shoot Sebastian Stan's character, uh, and she's like, and th the media put, blew a lot of things out of proportion. Like this, this never actually happened, and she's talking right to the camera. So I don't know. Maybe I maybe I am just remembering it as uh, what happened, what what I saw through the media. Yeah, I, and and you're you're right. I don't know. And like I said, I I didn't want to just jump to like a, a crazy fanatical response to it, but like it definitely felt a little weird to me. Is is all I was gonna say. The only other thing I was gonna say is there's probably never been a time in human history where uh, torches and pitchforks uh, pitchforks have been so shiny and clean and ready to go at a moment's notice. <laughs> 
as it is right now with the digital age. Yes. Like, it's just unbelievable how easy it is to upset uh, upset people these days. It, 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 and you know what? It's not – Yeah. I, well, I guess, yeah, you're right. It's it's partly that, but it's also the, the – it's just the access. It's the – the ability True. for everybody to be like, "Hey, I have an opinion, and you have you are able to listen to it now because yeah. everybody just has access to social media, and social media goes Hashtag. out to the world." My opinion is, yeah, exactly. Dot, dot, dot. I'm angry. Best director motion picture went to Guillermo del Toro for The Shape of Water, and I want to say that he was in, he was not in an easy category. He went up against Christopher Nolan for no. Dunkirk. Martin Martin McDonough for three billboards, Ridley Scott for all the money in the world, and Steven Spielberg for the post. Which even Seth Meyers at the beginning of the of the show, the award ceremony, uh, made a joke about Steven Spielberg, Tom Hanks, and Mel Streeper here for the post. And then a lady just walks out with a whole bunch of Golden Globe statues, and he's like, "No, no, not yet. They, they, they you know, it's it's supposed to be a surprise that they're going to win everything." And it's just like, I mean. How Tom Hanks, Bill Street, Steven Spielberg. That's right. It's a it's the winning formula. But The Shape of Water is a great, yeah. phenomenal movie. So I, I I get it. I I understand. I mean, I I still haven't seen it, but I will say this: I have been. I, I and I'm gonna just say this: I've been a fanboy of. Um, Guillermo del Toro's. Uh, yeah, Guillermo del Toro. I was like trying to think of something else while I was saying that, but I'll come back to that. <laughs> my brain's processing uh, too quickly for my mouth to keep up, which is usually not a problem, but apparently it is right now. Um, but yeah, I've been a huge fan of his for a very long time. And as soon as I saw the trailer for The Shape of Water, I instantly fell in love with the trailer. And I was like, this looks like a movie that I would have loved to have made. And it also looks like a film that feels like something completely different. And you're 100% right. Like what a way to win the golden globe, because it's not like, it's not like he was up there against a bunch of other first time, you know, filmmakers or uh, fan, fa like, that's not true. He was against a lot of other films that were also truly great films and filmmakers that are also at kind of the zenith of their abilities. And what a way for him to win. And like, I thought his acceptance speech was so wonderful as well about how he talked about how, you know, he's been in love with monsters and, and storytelling and how that saved his life. And then there's, you know, it's, it, it's fascinating because they started to play the music and he's like, come on guys, it took me 25 years to get here. Just give me a minute. And they stopped the music. Yeah. That was and awesome. Was like, awesome. The only other moment in, in the entirety of golden globe history where music would never be used was also at this golden globes when Oprah was talking because Oprah went up there and talked for like an hour. And, and I guarantee you, I guarantee you the guy that's back there timing the show reached for the button and the producers all slapped him in the mouth or her in the mouth and knocked them out of the chair and was like, you do not play Oprah <laughs> off stage. I, I will trump you one. Okay. You won't trump you because you're right. Oprah did go for a long time as she should, but oh, absolutely. It was wonderful. <laughs> as she accepted her Cecil B. DeMille lifetime achievement award. The first person to win an award that night was Nicole Kidman for Big Little Liars. And she went on for a long time, which I thought was forever until Oprah's acceptance speech. But yeah, and I felt the same way. I was like, oh, you know, that whoever it is that's in charge of, you know, playing someone off is not going to go for that right now. Not with the, the way the way things are, you know, this is all about woman, female empowerment and, you know, not, not trying to, uh, the time is up on, on gender bias and stuff like that. 
And nope, we're not playing Nicole Kidman off, but she went on for a long time. <laughs> yeah, see, I didn't, even, I didn't see that part of it. I, I should go back and watch that. But yeah, I, and 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 I, we we totally got sidetracked off of Guillermo here. But, yes, yes. Um, but yeah, I, I I think her her speech was incredible. I really do. But I just literally was sitting there waiting, and I'm like, okay they're like at the limit here like somebody's but i'm like you're not gonna do it like there is no world that we live in or that will ever exist to where you play oprah off stage it doesn't <laughs> happen um now i'll digress back to guillermo um he got the music stopped which i thought was fantastic and i'm i'm super thrilled for him uh to have gotten this award and I, I, I think you're 100% right. He 100% should feel like he earned this. You know what I mean? Like unequivocally earned this. Oh, because yeah. Because this was a very difficult um, year. And I still think, you know, maybe uh, Greta Gerwig should have been in there too. But there's only so many people you can fit in there. And I haven't seen all the movies to compare them. But man what a win for him like plus, i i'm so happy for him plus i want i just want to say this and and i just think that because in awards and especially the awards season uh i don't usually get to see a lot of movies that i am particularly into spe specifically genre movies science fiction fantasy stuff like that action right and the fact that the shape of water which very much is a love story but it is set with a creature from you know the 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 ocean deep and falling in love with a, a woman you know it, it's definitely high fantasy and it's it's a little bit science fiction and and the fact that he is winning best director for that you know the man who made blade 2 is it's it's just it's 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 making me speechless obviously <laughs> yeah and and you know I'm very curious to see what's going to happen at the Oscars this year. <laughs> very curious. Uh, best screenplay for motion picture went to three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Uh, best original song for a motion picture went to The Greatest Showman, which, yep, I say yes. <laughs> best original score for a motion picture went to The Shape of Water. Uh, best performance by an actor in a television series went to Sterling K. Brown for This Is Us. Uh, best performance by an actor in a limited series or a motion picture made for television was Ewan McGregor for Fargo, which I don't watch Fargo, unfortunately. I like the movie. I just never got into the show. Yeah, I haven't watched it, but I want to. But uh, speaking of internet and rage, did you see all the people that started going fanatical being like, oh, my gosh. That's an Obi-Wan Kenobi beard. Oh, my like, goodness. He's going to be in a Star Wars movie. I'm like, you do realize that's just his real beard. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's just how it grows on his face, right? <laughs> like, I mean, am I right? Or you're like, you're absolutely right. You're here? absolutely right. That Yeah. It's people, especially... Especially Star Wars fanatics <laughs> go a little crazy over the littlest of things. Yeah. Very true. <laughs> Best performance by an actor in a television series, musical, or comedy went to Anziz Ansari for Master of None. Best performance by an actress in a television series, drama, went to Elizabeth Moss for The Handmaid's Tale, which I have not watched uh, yet, but I've only heard great things, which is also another kind of... Not I don't know I don't know if you would throw that have you watched any of the show? I've watched a little bit of it. I've watched would the, you, the first couple of episodes. Would you consider so. this show science fiction or just straight up uh, dystopian future kind of thing? I I mean I I would say I I feel like there is still a bit of a science fiction vibe to it. Uh, it is also you know not that like dystopians. I think a dystopian future still falls technically under sci-fi. So, I mean, yeah, I, I think that it has that vibe for sure. Okay. Best performance by an actress in a limited series or motion picture made for television was Nicole Kidman for Big, Big Little Liars, which I talked about earlier. Best performance by an actress in a television series, musical, or comedy went to Rachel Brazanahan. I don't know. I'm sorry. I don't know how to say her name. But The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, or Maisel, uh, which... 
I got to watch over the winter break, and man, was that show phenomenal. It's so good. If you haven't got a chance to watch it on Hulu, it is amazing. It was not even a week ago, I think, and you and I were talking. Maybe it was a week ago, but not much longer than a week ago. We were just sitting down and talking, and you were like, you need to watch this show. <laughs> and it is on my list of shows to watch. There so it's very, like, as soon as, like, I was sitting there, I was watching, and they announced it. I was like, oh, that's the show. That's the show Mitch told me to watch. That's the <laughs> one. I need to watch this show. It won an award. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yep. yeah, I need to watch that. There you go. Uh, best performance by an actor in a supporting role in a series, limited series, or motion picture made for television went to Alexander Skarsgård for Big Little Lies. Which, look at that! This, I mean, this show is also pulling in a lot of a lot of awards, uh, which I did not see. Did you watch that? I did not. I seen it. Okay. I've heard great things about it, and it's on HBO. I haven't I seen heard. all of it. Okay. But I did see parts of it, and the parts I saw were were pretty incredible. Which I I understand was it's 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 based off a book, right? And uh, I believe so. And but now they plan on coming back for a second season or a second series, however you want to look at it. But there is no right. second book, so I don't. I wonder where they're going to go with that. I don't know. I, I think it'd be pretty fascinating if they could bring the author of the book in as potentially, you know, one of the authors or co-writers of the screenplay. Right. Yeah. That'd be pretty interesting. Yeah, that would be pretty good. Best performance by an actress in a supporting role in a series, limited series, or motion picture made for television went to Laura Dern for Big Big Little Lies. Look at that. Another one. Best television series, musical, or comedy went to The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which I already talked there it is. waves about. Best television series uh, or motion picture made for television, Big Little Lies, once again. Best television series drama, The Handmaid's Tale. Uh, and then the Cecil B. DeMille Award went to Oprah, which we already talked about so uh that was you know all the big things did you catch the uh Catherine zeta jones and kirk douglas coming out to present the award i don't remember which yes. award they did but man kirk douglas i i it's i'm like sad one i was gonna say i'm sad to admit that i didn't realize that he was still alive and and he was up there cracking jokes so that was pretty incredible oh it's okay i didn't know he was still alive either like they they were announcing him and I was like no way, and uh, yeah sure enough he he's still alive and obviously you know he's 101 so it's not gonna come as easy to him as it used to but you're right he was up there and he had a couple of jokes and I mean that's pretty flipping incredible really <laughs> yeah yeah exactly uh, was there anything else that you want to talk about that we might not have covered with the Golden Globes? I don't think so because, like I said, I only I only caught fragments of it, and I, you know, of course, saw kind of all the funny, awkward moments that people, you know, tweeted or put out on social media and stuff like that. But, uh, but overall, I think it was, I think it was, I think it went pretty smooth, and I think it was an enjoyable award show. And I, you know, we definitely had a lot more movies uh, of quality come out this year than what I originally anticipated until I realized I was the problem and uh, hadn't seen as many movies as they should have. Um, but yeah, I think that's it. Uh, for what about you? No, I would say I don't I don't have anything else to add to, add to that. I, I thought it was a, a really great show. Uh, there were there was definitely a lot of like tension-filled moments, and it seemed like Seth Meyers had quite the task on his hand to try and get people to enjoy themselves that night. That night. But uh, uh, overall, I thought he did a good job, and uh, I yeah i just i i think i would say that i'm proud of myself for the amount of the movies that were nominated that i got to watch this year and uh hopefully we'll see what what this means coming come oscar time yeah i completely agree i think it's gonna be fascinating to see how this correlates to the academy awards Okay, Richard, that's the end of the show for this week. If anybody wants to talk to me about any of the things that we talked about today, um, you can find me on Twitter at, at agent underscore of the underscore bat. Richard's also on Twitter as? At Ry Cohen, R-I-C-O-W-N. Uh, if you also want to catch him on his blog, which is? 
It's uh, it still only has one post, um, but soon it will have a, a top uh, top ten of twenty seventeen. Well, you know, uh, you don't have to films. you don't have to stick with just films. You could you, you play a lot of video games. You could throw up top five video games of the year or something. Oh, believe me, I'm farther behind on those than <laughs> I am films. <laughs> it's so bad. Um. I mean, I'm currently playing a game on stream that's like came out in 2012. So yeah, I'm I'm pretty far behind on those. But uh, yeah, you can go to uh, rycohen.com, r-i-c-o-w-n.com. There's a little button that says blog. Click that, and you can read my blog, which is titled "Pixelated Gray Matter," uh, which I was particularly proud of myself and thought I was a goddamn genius for coming up with it, even though I'm probably not. And you already mentioned it a second ago, but go ahead and give out your Twitch channel so that everybody knows that's where they can find you on uh, the days that you stream. Yeah, so currently I only stream on Sundays at 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. We are working our way through the Mass Effect franchise currently on Mass Effect 3, which I think will actually probably be wrapping out pretty quickly here, and then we'll be moving on to Mass Effect Andromeda. Uh, but that is going to be twitch.tv slash Rycohen1, R-I-C-O-W-N, and the number one. The rest of Geek Elite Radio is at Geek Elite Radio on Twitter, at Geek Elite Radio on Instagram, and Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Radio is our Facebook page. Check out our website, geekeliteradio.com, for archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on the Geek Elite Radio network. And hopefully we won't take as long to put out our next episode uh, as we did this winter, but uh, we're glad that everybody stuck with us and uh, your, your return, return listeners for the 2018, which we hope to make a great year for everyone. But- so happy belated Christmas, <laughs> Kwanzaa, uh, you know, any, any other holidays that you celebrate. Ha- and, Hanukkah. Uh, happy belated New Year's. Hanukkah as well, yeah. Three Kings Day. Uh, and Three Kings, yep. Uh, any holiday that you celebrate. And uh, happy belated New Year's as well, since we're already a good couple of weeks into 2018 yeah there you go uh but until next time this is the mitch and rich show on the geek elite radio network saying always remember to geek out geek out we now return you to your regularly scheduled program